Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from both academia and industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello and, hello and welcome to Art Beliefs of Robotics Podcast. Hello, Raquel. Thanks so much for joining us podcast. Uh, such an honor to have you. Let me ask you first how you'd like to define yourself for the audience. Maybe first time listening to you. How you would like to define yourself? Yes, I will define myself as somebody that is extremely passionate about, you know, uh, not only technology, but also, you know, building something that really is going to change the world as we know it today. And in particular, for me, my passion lies in transportation. And, um, you know, all my research has been about, uh, in the past 10 years, mostly about, you know, how we can empower uh, machines to actually drive people as well as logistics around the world. Perfect. So, but I'm curious about your childhood because we ask about our childhood. How was your childhood was? Do you have any memories, just briefly, that contributed to what you're really passionate about? Um, interesting question. Um, so, I, I guess my childhood I was, you know, very interested in two things. Uh, on one side, I, I love math and uh, you know puzzles and things like this, and video yeah. games, I guess. And on the other side, I love sports. Mm -hmm. uh, so my life was basically divided, equally divided between these two activities. And, uh, you know, I, I use all my time to, to do one of the two. So I'm to ask you, since you, first of all, congratulations on launching Wappy and Startup, uh, such a great contribution to the field. But I'm curious to ask you, firstly, what could be the missing uh, pieces or maybe the most important question that you should uh, maybe consider through Wappy or maybe in, in, the, in this particular area of research? What are the missing pieces or the most important question that not really fully considered in that uh, self-driving, for example, cars here? Yeah, so if you, if you look at, uh, you know, self-driving, uh, you know, how the industry has evolved in the past, you know, 20 years or so, uh, we've seen, you know, uh, moderate progress, right? But at the same time, um, we don't have solutions that really enable commercialization at a scale. And mm. the... The difficulty comes from, uh, or the issue comes from, in part, uh, the actual type of technology that is being developed to address this uh, this task, uh, where you know AI is a secondary sort of citizen, right? That, that tries to, you know, is is only using you know uh, small places to tackle very specific sub problems, um, and as a consequence, you know, this uh, current technology does not scale well and requires very expensive manual tuning. Um, so, in my opinion, what we need is, you know, a very different, diverse type of, you know, perspectives into how to solve self-driving with a lens of 2021 that looks less than the DARPA challenge and more of what we see today. And in particular, you know, building the brain of the self-driving vehicle that can generalize to the complexities of, you know, all the scenarios and things that might arise as you drive, right, including the long tail of, uh, you know, the distribution of things as well as, you know, how do we verify and test the systems at the scale without requiring to drive millions of miles on the real world so that we have a safer solution. So mm -hmm. these are the, the two big open questions in, in self-driving that requires, you know, research and new technology. And Wabi basically is uh, built upon the promise of, you know, very different approach to tackle these two problems with, uh, you know, really an AI first lens. 
great. So sometimes you mentioned about how we can have these cheap sensors and also be scalable solution. But I'm curious to ask you in that case uh, about Elon Musk, sometimes the old times being that we don't know it later and uh, self-driving. And I'm curious, yeah, from Wabi, what, what do you think about this statement and how do you see, yeah, maybe advancing the perception and in that case for self-driving and safety as well? Yeah, so I guess uh, by scalable, I don't necessarily need that we will use cheap sensors. Uh, but you know, in order to build a safe, robust solution, it's important that you have redundancy. It's important that you know you don't compromise on the type of sensors that you might employ, and in particular, utilizing things like lidar is actually gives you fantastic three-dimensional measurements of the world that you know simplifies the task of perceiving the world around you. Um, so Wabi in particular is, you know, going to utilize, you know, multiple sensors, including, uh, including later. Now I'm not going to comment on, you know, the, uh, you know, the competitors or the specifics, but uh, as I said, for me is a safety first approach. And for that, uh, having access to the best sensors uh, is, uh, is actually important. Mm -hmm. Great. So what come redundancy concept, if the scenario, because you speak about that, how you imagine the redundancy would look like in that scenario of failure? Um, yeah, I mean, you want to make sure that, um, you know, every single sensor, just utilizing one type of sensor is, uh, you know, makes your problem much harder, right? If you look at uh, humans, yes, we utilize two eyes, uh, but we are not necessarily so good at the task of driving, right? There is many situations where, you know, you're driving around and then you realize like, oops, you know, like uh, maybe I wasn't paying attention, I was distracted or things like this, right? Uh, machines have the potential to be much, much better at this. They can see 360 degrees around, uh, around us versus humans only 120 degrees, uh, you know, sort of the bipolar um, uh, field of view that you have. Um, so to me, it's about how we build that safe technology uh, instead of thinking about cutting costs, right? And once you, you know, you have a solution to, to this technology that scales in terms of you can solve many geographies, uh, then you know, these sensors also will become much, much cheaper, right? Also with self driving, it's not about you should own a car and the car is gonna be, you know, waiting for you park, uh, you know, 96% of the time as, you know, uh, we see a lot uh, in today's society, right? With this technology, it's about sharing our resources, right? And if you think about this, then the economics are very different because the utilization of these assets uh, potentially is much, uh, you know, much, much better, right? And what do you believe may be your technology roadblocks do you still have to address um, yeah, in this area? Yeah, so, um, you know, um, I think this, despite, you know, a lot of progress, uh, you know, self-driving is still very, very difficult, mm. right? We haven't seen a solution that is actually commercially viable at the scale, right? So. At Wabi, we believe we uh, we have the vision and the road, technological roadmap to, to build that, uh, but we still need to showcase to the world that actually that's the case. Um, so, you know, we are currently into execution mode uh, so that we build this, uh, you know, this incredible technology. But when it comes to this kind of intelligence or how having generic and adaptable and be adaptable to uncertainties, how do you see here deep learning and maybe pushing the capabilities so that we can have this kind of generic self-driving car that can adapt to uncertainty? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, um, I mean, it's important that we build robust solutions that can handle events where, 
you know, whether it's uncertainty into, you know, the vehicle doesn't necessarily sense well, whether it's the sensors themselves that have a failure, whether it's your localization system that doesn't work well, et cetera. So this has to be part of the, uh, of the design and having a redundant system. Um, one of the, you know, one of the things that I believe is extremely important when you develop uh, safety critical applications such as cell driving is that you develop the system as a whole with a holistic mindset. Um, the other thing that we see in the, in the industry a lot today and in academia is that people are focused on tackling small sub problems within the entire problem. Mm. But you, you can't really come up with you know, a very optimized solution by just looking at you know, narrow little pockets of things that you need to build. Right then, you know, the entire system might not be like super compatible. And how you propagate uncertainty through the system is actually one of the things that if you have this narrow view, is very, very hard to do. So with our you know, end-to-end trainable technology, we believe that we have a better grasp at uh, you know, dealing with uncertainty and properly propagating that uncertainty through our decision-making process, uh, which is, you know, as you mentioned, actually something very, very important. Mm -hmm. And what thing maybe still you think is still a trade-off you can't really avoid when it comes to self-driving? Based on the experience you have, what is kind of the trade-off? It's still it's pretty challenging. Um, let's see. So I guess it's always a trade-off between uh, computationally and memory efficiency of your mm -hmm. uh, approach and how sophisticated is the process, the processing that it does, right? On one side, you want to build, you know, fairly sophisticated algorithms that are able to really do complex reasoning. On the other side, you, you need to make sure that you actually make decisions in a fraction of a second, that your reaction time in the event that something happens is super, super fast. So this, these two things are always, you know, in, you know, in contradicting each other. And the, you know, one of the most important Questions is how can you build algorithms that are very efficient, at the same time do very very sophisticated reasoning, in a way that your reaction time doesn't suffer, but potentially even you have better reaction time than traditional approaches. Uh, so that's part of the you know secret sauce uh, of uh, how to build these uh, you know real time systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'd like to go for starting, maybe I don't know if we, how it was easy or challenging because I really have the experience at Opera ATG, but if you can tell more about this kind of you have different experiences in academia and industry, what kind of maybe something was really changing, really hard to do or in terms of going to with competitors and, and different different perspective mentality maybe. I'm not sure. I'm curious what how it was. Yeah. Yeah, yes, I can I can tell you maybe a little bit of my path through the cell driving world and, and explain the, the why uh, you know particular choices maybe along the way. Um, you know, I started as, you know, as an academic, right? I love forming people. I love doing, uh, you know, research in, in, and showing the world actually, you know, the latest, greatest so that everybody can benefit from, from this technology. Um, now, if you are doing research in a field such as cell driving is in academia, it's actually impossible to understand what are the real problems that research needs to solve. And the reason why is that you know, you need a program behind with a sufficient number of, you know, vehicles and engineers and whatnot to really understand, is this an engineering program or is this actually something that requires a new solution, right? So that was the reason why, you know, I decided to uh, join industry, but I didn't want to compromise in terms of, you know, the freedom of 
uh, really developing next generation of technology versus focusing on you know incremental uh, uh, you know updates and whatnot, right? So because I believe that uh, you know that technology will not scale, which actually end up being, being true. Um, so that's why you know the I joined I guess Uber TG as uh, chief scientist and head of R and D. Uh, where basically I led research uh, as well as the technological roadmap for the organization. And that really gave me the ability to really understand, you know, one of the largest and best programs in, in self-driving in the world and really give me all the insights into what were the important problems, things that I never thought about before into, you know, as it gets to operations and other things uh, that are very, very, you know, very important. But when you're an academic, you don't necessarily get exposed to any of that. Right, and it became more and more uh, clear that you know the, we need this holistic mindset uh, where we need to take into account the entirety of cell driving, right, including hardware, compute, uh, you know, all the software, etc. Um, so that was uh, eye-opening, right? And then you know, as I as I built technology for uh, for the past four years or so, then it became clear that you know the current sort of trend that you see in terms of technology and industry, uh, which is this traditional approach. It's not the solution that scales, that we need something else. We need, you know, something where AI really, uh, you know, we can unleash the power of AI. And the best way to actually change for the technology is to start something new, to start a new company. And that's the reason why I left Uber and then created Wabi. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing that is, is uh, maybe some of the audience who might be interested in this is that throughout this process, you know, my PhD students, uh, you know, are always with me and they're part of, you know, any of these industrial endeavors, uh, because I believe that this is the best way to uh, really do research and pro to form people is by exposing to what it is, the real, you know, progress and cutting edge in self driving. So that's kind of, you know, uh, you know, working you through maybe a little bit of my you yeah. know, the decision making I, I did and where we are today. Very interesting. And, and I think uh, I'm curious to ask you in that case, based on maybe you're trying to bridge what we do research, something beneficial or something applicable, what could be maybe area we have to give more focus or more attention in that case? Is it in hardware or software and or maybe the intelligence of brain? What kind of area we have to push more? Yeah, I mean, there, there is need for research, you know, a little bit everywhere, but as, as I mentioned before, there is like the autonomous system, which is the autonomy system, the brain of the self-driving car, where there is a lot still to, to be developed, as well as simulation, how we can have closed-loop simulators that are uh, have very high fidelity, correlates with the real world, where we can really not only test the entire software stack, but we can train the entirety of the AI system. So, so that's sort of like the you know, next generation of problems where I still think that academia has, uh, has a lot to say. Um, uh, but in general, the, the one thing that uh, is also interesting as well is that if you shouldn't think about, you know, there is the academic world and the research, and then there is the production world and what it goes into, you know, diesel driving vehicles in the world. If you think that way, it's going to be really, really hard for research to really get uh, to influence, to impact the real production system. Um, so the secret sauce, and in particular something that we pay extreme, you know, a lot of attention at WAVI is how production and, and research can actually live in the same world, such that all these, you know, next generation algorithms that we are building, see the, the you know, uh, they are targeted towards the production system so that you can really make an impact into, you know, the real, 
the real world, not just an idea that, uh, that you publish. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that this academics don't necessarily ever think about. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you really want to change the world, this is the, the one thing that is extremely, extremely important. Mm -hmm. I like the point about simulations. Um, uh, for example, you mentioned about that simulation for sensor is quite expensive and it's not easy even, and the noise, how we can... If you can tell more about that, because you speak about that, I think very interesting approach to having simulation for self-driving car. And I'm not sure what kind of development you have so far uh, for simulation self-driving car. Yeah, yeah. So uh, simulation is one of my favorite topics. And, yeah. and, uh, and in particular, we have this uh, you know, uh, breakthrough simulator that I can, I can tell you what the secret sauce is and why it's different than what is, uh, what is available you know, typically in the industry. Um, so I mean, the first thing to note is that for the simulator, uh, we need if you look at the, the industry, typically they, they focus only on testing the motion planner. And the simulation is more of these bounding boxes and the trajectory of actors. Uh, but that's not sufficient, right? If you only test a, a subpiece of your entire system, there is no way that you can say that the entire system is, is safe, right? Um, so uh, if you want to do then this closed loop simulator, right, and you want to do it at the scale that you need to have a real-time solution that has uh, very little to no fidelity gap with respect to what is the real world. Mm -hmm. And the question is, if you want to, you know, you need to simulate the entirety of all the things that might happen, how do you build that at a scale with a level of fidelity? So the, uh, you know, typically the, the, the way that the industry is doing this is by using humans, artists to build these physical three-dimensional models of how, you know, different cities look like or uh, vehicles, pedestrians, etc. Honestly, it's too expensive and it's, it's impossible to really capture the, the entire complexity uh, of the real world. Instead, for, for us, um, our approach is very different, which is you can just drive around, collect data, and then you can reconstruct every single thing that you have ever observed. Whether it's every single pedestrian that you've seen in the, on the road uh, or you know, uh, in your cities, or uh, every single vehicle, every single background, etc. And this is the way that automatically we can create at the scale all the simulation virtual worlds. Then you can combine them in a way that is very realistic in terms of their behavior. So we have uh, ways to do this with um, you know, a, a novel sort of AI, multi-agent AI uh, system. And then we have ways to also simulate how the sensors we have observed all that, uh, all, that you know, new, all those new scenarios uh, in real time by using a combination of physics and AI. And we can simulate cameras, we can simulate later, uh, et cetera. And all that together enables you to simulate the entire world at a scale, uh, you know, at a fraction of the cost and much higher fidelity, right? And then once you can do this, right, you don't need to rely on driving miles in the real world. You can do so many things. And this enables also so many other research questions that you can answer based on this, right? Um, so, so this is, you know, an, uh, in my opinion, is a gigantic step forward in terms of um, how we can develop this technology in a way that is cheap, scalable, and safe. Um, so yeah, simulation is definitely one of, one of my favorite topics. Yeah, true. But of course, when you try to think with yourself about what you really want for Webby, it's kind of like aspiration, or when you think, I just want to do that. And I don't know what kind of something, maybe crazy ideas, if you have about Webby, just that what you aspire sometimes to have, yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I want to provide safe transportation for everyone and everything, right? And by this, I mean, you know, provide the, 
the benefits of this technology to everyone, regardless of uh, your economic means or where you live. Right. So that's why for me, scale is very, very important. Um, and you know, the the hope is that very soon, right? Whatever soon is, uh, you will actually be able to see you know, self-driving vehicles driving around the world fully autonomously with the Wabi brain doing the driving, right? And I think, uh, you know, at that point would be, would be fantastic if we really enable, you know, so many good things for whether it's mobility for people that don't have such a, you know, the luxury of mobility right now, whether we save, you know, so many lives compared to the millions of miles that, uh, millions of people that actually uh, die every year on our roads, right? Um, yeah, there is plenty, plenty of benefits, and uh, you know, I I hope that I can contribute to to make this work a better place. Mm -hmm. Great. But I'm Do you have any moment of doubt before starting? I don't know. Of course, I, I'm not sure if you have this kind of moment of doubt, or yeah, sometimes because I, of course, you are very well well known in the field. But maybe four years ago, do you have? kind of people disbelieve in what you do or because yeah sometimes it happened but i'm not sure you experience something like that and how how you just yeah deal with that yeah as humans we all have moments of doubt, right that's uh, no question about it whether people talk about them or not that's a separate issue right and i think as you know as a woman typically this is even worse right like we have this imposter syndrome that you know we all of us suffer regardless of how famous you are how many awards you have or, or you know how much you have succeeded and to me it always becomes a moment of you know whenever it comes which is you know relatively from time to time um whenever it comes i, I tell the you know i tell myself that you know raquel you're having doubts again you know you can do it you know yes do it and yeah, that uh, you know helps me really to go through moments of, of self-doubt, but it's, you know, it's natural, right? Otherwise, if we believe that we can solve everything, uh, we are maybe a little bit of full of ourselves, right? So, um, so I think you know, a bit of self-doubt is good. We just need to make sure that it doesn't get on, on the way of all the things that we can achieve. And I think this is particularly important for the younger generation that is still in the process of achieving their potential, right? Um, you know, so that we are very, very supportive and helping them, you know, feel more confident, particularly this amazing you know, generation of young women that are, you know, waiting to have the opportunity to really shine. But I'm curious about deploying self-driving in public. I don't know what your position about that. When you anticipate that this could be available for people and just turn public to do you have any plan for that or is it still under research for you? I don't know what's your plan for that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we are developing a product that, uh, you know, will be available. Uh, in particular, we are starting with, um, you know, logistics mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, long haul tracking, which is, uh, you know, there is a chronic shortage of drivers, right? So there is a need for automation for really serving uh, you know, the population. So, and at the same time, it's one of the most dangerous professions in, uh, in North America, right? So there is a need for, for extra safety. Um, and then from there, we will expand to, to other use cases. Um, so definitely this is not a research project. We are actually building, you know, a real product. And then you will, you know, you, you will be able to see, you know, things, uh, you know, soon as we as we announce you know uh you know things you know in the, in the next couple of months or so um 
but yeah, definitely this is going to happen. Now, timelines is not necessarily something that you know I <laughs> I have now to you know, specific timelines to share with you. Uh, but to me, it's a question of you know um, let's develop this technology in a safe manner, such that and we build a product so that we can actually commercialize it. Uh, uh, you know, in a in a way that makes sense from a you know commercial perspective, but at the same time, uh, you know, you don't wait an extremely long time to to really benefit from this technology. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But I'm curious to ask you in that case, do you have any kind of something was counterintuitive to try maybe in simulation and when you try to deploy it in a real vehicle, it was maybe surprising or counterintuitive? I don't have any experience like that, and I was like. That's surprising for me. Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I think the thing I was very surprised is when I went from academia to industry to realize how very simple algorithms, if done, you know, if used in a system properly, can actually do much more than I thought. You know, as a researcher, we are all about really advancing the cutting edge of this, you know, complex solution. And, and that opened my eyes into is, you know, people have demos out there and whatnot. Actually, it looks like, you know, the vehicles are driving well, and then the Lion technology is extremely simplistic. I didn't expect that. I think that was the one thing that I was very surprised. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a solution for solving, you know, the long tails and building a real product, but you can actually demo something that looks very, very good with very, very little technology. And uh, yeah, as I said, that was mind-blowing. Yeah. I don't know if they have something, you have something still hard to understand. Or doesn't make sense to you. I'm curious if you have any something, maybe in hardware side or software side, like for vehicles, self-driving vehicles. Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to say, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, spending all my time thinking about this problem for the last ten years. So, <laughs> so you know, thinking about, you know, what is the one thing that maybe is. Uh, um, I think there is still, you know, a lot of, you know, technology to be developed, but it's, it's not that things are not understood at all, or something like this. Maybe perhaps one thing to mm -hmm. to mention is that uh, one of the things that is uh, potentially missing now there is a, a good measure of progress. Mm -hmm. Right, we've seen really vanity metrics uh, as it relates to self driving. Oh, if I drive a lot, then suddenly, you know, maybe I'm good. Right, so that's not a measure of progress, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think there is, you know, a need for more transparency, accountability, and for very, very clearly showcase uh, which things work versus which things don't work and failure most of the stuff. Um, so I think that would be the one thing where. You know, we need to push this industry uh, to to go to the next level, and this is the one thing that you know yeah, at Wabi we we plan to be you know to really showcase our technology, to continue publish things, to uh, showcase you know metrics, benchmarks, so that you can really understand where our technology is, because I think it's extremely important um, uh, also to build the trust of the people that potentially are going to use this technology as well as the regulators. So that would be the one thing where I think there is. It's uh, difficult to understand why we are in a, in such a close loop world versus something, something more open where you know uh, we are, you know we all acknowledge now that self driving is very difficult. Let's show our cars and let's build this technology forward. Great.
So since I closed the end, I have a few questions. The first one, do you think ego is important for you? Um, yeah, I don't know how do you deal with ego when you propose ideas. Ego as in, as in the ego of people, my ego or the ego vehicle? Which ego? <laughs> There's many egos. Your ego. My ego. Yeah. Yes. Oh, interesting. Um, I think it's important that we shouldn't have an ego, in particular, an ego that gets on the way. I think it's very important that, you know, we focus on, you know, solving this problem mm. and not about how people perceive us as, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's very important to build a working environment where there is no egos and everybody works together and helps each other. And, uh, you know, people can actually call when I have a problem and the first thing that everybody does is, let me help you out, mm -hmm. right? So I think it's very important to remove all those egos. Now, um, there is definitely egos in this, uh, in this community, and, but, uh, you know, they shouldn't be there in the first place. I think it is, you know, great people, amazing people, uh, you know, in all possible, um, you know, very young people, you know, people with a lot of uh, experience, etc. And and yeah, we should just get rid of all those egos like this. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And I'm curious, what could be the most important quality you have gained after starting Wappy and maybe before the experience you have already? What could be the most important quality for you you have to maintain? Yeah, so the, I guess the most important quality I learned through my 20 years career is that it's not about how good you are. It's about how good you make your people. How much you know, you know, what you do to enable them to really grow them to become even better of where they are today. And I think that um, if you think that way, then I, I think, you know, particularly managers, professors, you know, people that actually have folks under them, I think you can build an amazing team. And to me, my success is about the success of my people. And, and I've been very fortunate to have an, an incredible team along the way that uh, um, you know, feels like family and they have you know, uh, you know, come along the ride with Wabi right now. And uh, they are you know, not only extraordinary from a technology perspective, but they are extraordinary human beings. So I think that's the, you know, I'm building a, you know, a very diverse sort of like free environment where everybody can be themselves and feel safe. I think those, I think that's the most important quality um, as you as you try to solve a very complex problem. I don't know if you have received any advice through maybe in career or life. Was a life-changing advice? You still remember life-changing advice? There are things, for example, like you know, people. Uh, you know, when when I was much younger, I guess, and I started my career, they told me that networking was very important. And it's something that, you know, I was, I'm, I'm still, you know, very shy. So it's not something that I, I do well or I did at all. And I think that I remember this as, you know, a misopportunity, something I should have paid more attention, go more out of my comfort zone and, and um, uh, you know, build, build a nice network of mentors and things like this. Um, uh, so this will be one that I will, uh, you know, suggest to people to, uh, you know, follow the advice I was given um, yeah. <laughs> instead of making the headache, trying to make it the hard way. Yeah. 
Wonderful. I don't know if you have any final words you'd like to say, maybe, for the audience. Any final words you'd like to say? Yeah, so I think that, you know, cell driving is one of the most exciting technologies of our generation, right? And not only from the technological challenge and, you know, the difficulty of the problem for those that like research and like really handling things or tackling things that nobody has solved before, but also because of the impact that it's going to have on every one of us. It's really going to transform the world as, as we know it today. And I think there is, you know, so much that everybody can actually do and contribute to this that I'm really looking forward to, you know, hopefully many of the people that are listening today to follow their steps in, in this domain. And, you know, for those that are interested in really building this technology together. So, uh, and in particular, you know, um, very, very excited about the young generation of women that uh, um, are going to drive a lot of the transportation technology as well. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Raquel. It was such an honor to have you. And congratulations again for launching Webby. Uh, I wish you all the best and success in that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. And it was really nice to meet you.